and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mum. Hi mum. Hi darling. How are you? I'm great Jessie. I'm really looking forward to tonight's guest though. I know, we have a really brilliant artist on, Sam Fender. He was the Brit's Critics' Choice of 2019 and he has done a beautiful cover of Winter Song and it's raising money for the big issue and people that are homeless. So, it, and it, it, he's got the most beautiful voice. And also a friend of mine has him on the label and just says he's incredibly charming. So I'm very much looking forward to having a drink with him. So this episode is being brought to you courtesy of Jameson, who are getting us to think about those nights that are worth waiting for once we get out of this hot mess. So darling, what are you looking forward to? I mean, I'm looking forward to being able to gig. I'm looking forward to being able to meet up with my friends for a dinner. I'm looking forward to seeing my friends' kids' birthday parties. I'm looking forward to going to the pub, going for a cocktail. There's so much I'm looking forward to. I want to know, what's the first gig that you want to go to when this is all over? Well, the first gig is definitely going to be your gig, darling, when you get going again. Everything's being postponed all the time, but definitely would be my first gig. And then Thanks, after Mom. that, I'd be going to Glastonbury because I have been invited now. Not by me, by Emily Evis, yeah. By Emily Evis, yeah. So I'll be going to Glastonbury. And then after that, do you know what? I postponed a very big party, darling. Oh, no, I don't think anybody's heard of this big party. No? Do you want to remind them? My soissant nerve. Oh, my God, you dirty cow. Well, I, I'm definitely going to have a birthday while I'm still 69, darling, because I'll be celebrating that. Will you be drinking the drink that you're drinking tonight, Mum? What are you drinking tonight? Darling, well, I'm drinking the original, because I am original. <laughs> and don't anybody forget it. <laughs> Jameson with lime and ginger. That's quite a good cocktail to have at a Soissant Nerf party. Really delicious. Well, I'm going for the old-fashioned because I am old-fashioned, Mum. And I like to think I'm Don Draper and Sam and I have always drunk old-fashions and it's with the Jameson Black Barrel Whiskey. So what goes in an old-fashioned, darling? Well, it is Jameson Black Barrel. It's sugar syrup. And then my favourite that reminds me so much of you, Mum, Angostura bitters. You used to have them with your tonic water. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it's a fabulous flavour. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah, so it's got that in and it's got orange bitters. Fantastic. So I'm doing it that way and it feels really warming and lovely and wintry and I'm very much into it. I could have about three. And thanks, Jameson, for the fabulous cocktail kit they sent us so we could make all these delicious cocktails. Mum's going to be Tom Cruise by the end of this lockdown. Definitely. I'm excited to see what Sam Fender's decided to drink from his little care package courtesy of Jameson. So we'll see what he's drinking whether he's chosen an original or an old-fashioned or maybe he's gone for the Irish coffee who knows Sam Fender coming up on Table Manners Sam Fender thank you for joining us what are you drinking thank you I'm, I'm having a Jameson's Old Fashioned, but it's uh, not just any old Jameson's. It's uh, Jameson's Black Barrel. It's uh, it's pretty pretty smooth. Love you know, that. Um, how are you, Sam? I'm good. I I'm good. I'm just um, just kind of actually doing some work again, which is lush because we've not been doing anything for for ages, obviously with everything that's gone on. Um, so we just released a single the other day, which was lovely. It's beautiful. Um, Your voice is stunning you. on it. It's amazing, and all the thank proceeds you. are going to Big Issue. Right. Yeah, it, all the proceeds are going to Big Issue and um, 
and we did a video as well with this uh, amazing organization called people of the streets who um basically give homeless people cameras and they've let them take a, a, ro a, a roll of film and take a load of shots and then they collect them all together at the end and then they've just we've made this video with all of the shots that have been taken and it's just stunning like it's so beautiful how did it come about the idea for the song it's a cover isn't it and yeah well i wanted to do a christmas song because i've never done one before but i didn't want to do something crass and crap like i didn't want to do anything like no cliff richard and out like that you know so i thought i'll go for something close to home and close to my heart and they picked winter song which is a track by a band called lindisfarne but primarily the main singer songwriter of that band's a guy called alan hull and um He's a Geordie guy he's from like my neck of the woods from my hometown. Used to drink in the pub in the Maggie Bank where my dad used to drink. My dad used to sometimes say when I would drink with him and that back in the seventies. And for me, like he's probably one of the most underrated singer songwriters of his time. Of I mean, he wrote that song in nineteen seventy, and I feel like it's more relevant now than it you know than it was probably then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I didn't know the song and. Yeah, it felt so relevant to this year and yeah. it's just beautiful. Everyone needs to check it out. So so where are you now, Sam? I am in my uh, Joe, my bandmate's bedroom, but they're in my house. Everyone lives in my gaff. Where's your gaff? In uh, in Tynemouth, up in North Shields, in Newcastle upon Tyne. So you're still you're still in Newcastle. Oh, you I... haven't become you don't you don't fancy London. I kind of always presume everyone moves down to London, but that's because I'm a Londoner and I'm ignorant. But... Yeah, well, like no, I guess I was. I mean, I was as a as a kid growing up doing music. I always thought that I was going to have to move to London at some point, like mm. do the big dick wedding and move and come to the the streets yeah. paved with gold and get a record deal and all that. But um, to be honest, actually, I'm, we're actually thinking about doing a little stint down there, but um, maybe it's not for not not permanently. I just because um, when I was down there last, I, I got loads of work done just because I bumped into loads of people that I knew and stuff, and and I love it up here. I I think for me it was important to stay here when it all kicked off for for the first time because it it kept us grounded and I've got a good family and I've got good friends and the you know I know they'd kick my head in if I got ahead of myself. So can I just say something? I saw Lindisfarne at university because I went to university in 1970 no. and they came and played at Birmingham. No way. So I saw them. They were a bit folky for me at the yeah, time because I was more yeah. into But it was a big thing. Oh, yeah. She's more an R&B girl. <laughs> more yeah. of an R&B girl. But they were fantastic with fantastic voices and harmonies. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's be they're beautiful. I mean, Alan Hull's dead now. Bless them. But I love watching the videos of of, the, of them back in the 70s. There's loads of great uh, footage. There's footage of them in Australia and stuff. And also for me as well, they were kind of like, for this area, as far as singer-songwriters go, they were kind of like, apart from Sting, it was obviously Sting's from here as well. He was kind of like the last sort of singer-songwriter from a rap, from my hometown to get a, to get like a number one. So I, I kind of felt like, there's like an affinity with it. I feel like you know we're a part of the the Geordie Illuminati or something. <laughs> like, Geordie so. Illuminati. <laughs> so. Um. So so growing up in your family, who was around the dinner table and what were you eating? So my dad was the cook in our house, and um, me folks. Well, I had best of both worlds because me folks split up when I was a kid. So I, I had two different worlds. I used to go up to Scotland to my mother's and then stay in Shields with my dad. But my dad is like. He's absolute. He's a wizard in the kitchen. He's absolutely insane because his dad, my granddad, was a baker. So fresh bread, like used to make fresh bread every morning. Oh wow, oh, amazing! So, um, so I was I was really lucky with that. 
that's a, part of the reason why I became such a chunky kid, like when I was about twelve, because I just couldn't stop eating bread. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's just amazing. He makes everything, he makes focaccia loaves and stuff, and make, makes loads of you know Italian stuff and makes fresh pasta. He's just a wizard. He lives in France now. Does he? That is a real shame for the old lockdown and you being in yeah. uh, North Shields. Well, when we were allowed to travel, I just like I just went straight over to see him because I was like, I need to go and eat something proper. Like I'm sick of eating super noodles, you know. So <laughs> I went to go see him and um, it, he's just amazing, man. Like he's genuinely, I know it sounds ridiculous and it sounds like I'm very biased, but like we've ate wicked, amazing food all over the world with touring and stuff. And my dad's still like, he's still one of the best chefs I think I've ever witnessed. Like, he's just ridiculous. So what's his best dish, Sam? I don't know, he makes a mean curry. His fresh pasta's insane. He just, he turns his hand to everything. Like, he does a, he does a thing called, he does this mad thing. It's from, Hung- I think it's from Hungary. It's called... Um, Goulash? Langost. And it's like, a, um, I probably pronounced it wrong, but I'm a Geordie, so <laughs> I get away with it. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, like a, it's like a wicked dessert. It's almost like a giant donut. And it like has this, uh, it has like um, cinnamon sugar on and stuff, and then you get like like a hot apple sauce. It's kind of like a dirty apple pie. Oh my god, I'm googling it. It looks quite dirty and yeah. delicious. I'm th- looking at savory ones, but like yeah, I don't, I don't like the savory ones. Are wrong. Oh, are they? Uh. The the, uh, the the sweet ones are are insane. Your dad wasn't a cook though. His your granddad was. No, my granddad was a baker. My dad, none of them were actual. They weren't chefs or anything. So, what did your dad do as a job? My dad was an electrician by trade, and then came and cooked at night. Yeah, he used to. But he used to. So he worked. He worked on rail yards and everything. He's like a jack of all trades. He did everything like in the seventies, and um, and then he was a club musician as well. So he was in a band and he used to play on the club bands on the weekends. So you play all the social clubs on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday and then you'll come back and work as an electrician through the week and then be cooking all the time as well. He's an absolute hero. Did you get to go and watch him play in the club? So yeah, when I was like two. <laughs> when I was when I was two, so that was like nineteen ninety six. I was like two years old and I was apparently in my high chair, like no ear protection, great parents. That's why I'm deaf as opposed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in there uh, used to go watch him then. I used to love it apparently. I mean I don't remember. I remember being a I remember being about, you know, seven, eight. But yeah, he, he gigged right up until, until I was about 13 and then he sort of stopped after that. And 2019 was an amazing year for you. It was insane. And I'm sure that you probably were going to be playing loads of festivals this year. Aye. <laughs> and that's a bugger, isn't it? Yeah, total. What are you most looking forward to once you get back gigging? Where are you most looking forward to playing? Honestly, the, I, I, I think anywhere... To be honest, I'm that desperate to be back on a stage. It would like I would happily just go if if, if a pub down the road said you could do a gig for a hundred people or for fifty people or for ten people, I would go and do it now. I'm that dying to just play with my band in a room, no matter what the size. I just want to go out and do it because that's like I worked out. I haven't really lost. I haven't gone a month without playing a show since I was fourteen. I think. Wow. And now you know. So now to not play for like a year. It, I, I, you, you kind of feel like I've lost my identity, or you know, you feel sort of very lifeless, and it's it's a it's a static existence which I'm not used to, and I think most as you, yourself, you're probably not used to it either, yeah. are you? And like, by the way, can I just quickly say when I first met my manager, and it was like a really exciting time. I was 18, and uh, he met us in a pub in Shields. Like I was working behind the bar. And he managed a guy called Ben Howard, who at the time was doing really, really good and had a Brit Awards and stuff. And um, 
he came into my bar and took us on. He saw us like my he saw us play my, my my bar manager at the time who looked like Winston Churchill used to always tell us off for for playing guitar and and then this one day he was like right boys like go get that guitar out and go play in the corner and I went out and played in the corner and I was like why am I playing and then this manager came over took us on and within like two weeks he took me number he's like oh, I love your voice I love your songs and he's like I'm gonna get you some gigs and the first gig he got us in London was uh, supporting this last called Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. And straight after that gig, it was in Shepherd's Bush. It was after it was in Bush Hall. We left there, went round the corner, w- walked over to the Shepherd's Bush Empire, got in through the side door through someone who owned you, and I had no idea what was going on. And I walked into your gig, <laughs> where you were playing at Shepherd's Bush Empire. And I was eighteen. That was years ago then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like probably what twenty thirteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was there, eighteen, up in the up in the side, just watching you. And I thought it was it was fucking fantastic. Oh, oh you're so thank sweet. you! That's so sweet. It was mad. I, I was like, remember? And I remember my manager being like, he says, "Oh, he says if you're lucky, he says you'll play here one day." And I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck, man!" I was like, "I would love to play here one day." And then, obviously, two years ago, we we did two nights there, and I was like, it was the best time of my oh. life because I was like, I'm fucking here, and this is where Jesse was, and I was like, this is where I first came in. So, so it was mad. That's so romantic. That's so lovely, yeah, Sam. Oh wow, that's amazing. Um, that was a great gig. I loved that gig, and it's such a good venue yeah, it was awesome. as well. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure you'll be playing slightly bigger than Shepherd's Bush Empire once we're out of this, though. Well, we had the bloody arena tour sold out. Oh no! You were doing an arena. Oh my god, you're so big. We had an arena tour. It was mad. We had we sold out. We had uh, Newcastle Arena was sold out. Obviously, uh, Leeds was sold out. Leeds is like 13 thousand i think it's mad and then two nights in ali pali were sold out and then we're gonna put on at the end of it the plan was to try and put on the o2 as well and it was just like it had absolutely exploded and then we were like fucking get in and the day before that tour started was the lockdown oh mate did you cry i, I didn't cry <laughs> because in my head i thought that we're only going to be in this lockdown for a couple of months we all did <laughs> I was like, ah, it's fine. I says, you know, I'll, I'll get myself in real good stead. And then like when I go back, I'll be, you know, top notch and I'll perform the best shows I've ever played in my life on the biggest shows I've ever played in my life. And and yeah, it just didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> Who knew it'd be a year? <laughs> so Sam, you know that Jameson are sponsoring this bonus episode. And they want to know what is the night that is worth waiting for. So once we are out of these tears and these lockdowns, where is the place that you are going to go and drink your Jamesons with your mates? Is there a certain pub that you absolutely love in North Shields? Uh, is it the pub that I worked at all the time uh, for three years? It's called the Low Lights Tavern, but I speak about them all the time, and they get constant, constant love offers. So I'm going to go there, but I'll also probably go. I love this old blokes pub where, like, because. We've obviously, with things kicking off around here, I get hammered for selfies in certain pubs. But in the time of Lodge, they don't give a fuck. Like, they literally could <laughs> not give a fuck who I am. They don't even know. They come in and they go, like, you'll see one young person be like, oh, that's uh, that's, that's Sam Fender. And the grand just going, who? Fucking who? I've never heard of him. <laughs> and it's just like, so it's perfect. Cause I'll just sit in the corner there and no one bothers us. So I'll probably go there. Is Sam Fender your proper name? It is. Because it's a lovely it, name. It sounds like the shittest stage name ever. 
but it actually is my name. No, it doesn't. It sounds great. Do you play a Fender guitar? I, I play a Fender guitar through a Fender amplifier. I and my dad, my dad's <laughs> called Alan Fender. My granddad was called Don Fender. So <laughs> this is amazing. And then I want to know also, Sam, where is where are you most looking forward to going to for? dinner because you seem like you're a bit of a foodie I mean you love your father's cooking but is there somewhere that everyone should be trying out in in Newcastle um there's loads of cracking places but honestly mate I'm just dying for a curry really and I really want to go to my favorite curry place which is a place called the Gulshan and it's uh what do you order absolutely it's 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 bang on I get the I get the staff curry it's absolutely amazing staff curry what is that like staff pick so this the staff curry it's just what the staff eat so it's like what what the what the chefs and that so they make this huge pot and it's all like um, meat on the bone and stuff. So it'll be like lamb or chicken or whatever, and um, and it's just sort of like it's more like a traditional sort of thing. It's lush. It's absolutely lush. That sounds great. It's really really good. Sam, I, you you mentioned that you've kind of been surviving. Well, I can see there's a Pringles empty Pringles there. Aye. You said pot noodles or super noodles. What what is your dish? that you will be cooking for someone special when they are allowed round your house that aren't in your support bubble. So basically, you're kicking all your band out, even, the, you know, and who are you going to cook for and what are you going to cook? I'll literally make the curry that my dad taught us how to make because it's immense. It's like just a normal sort of madras, but his is, he's just, he's stunning. And when I went over to France not long ago, because I'm a shit cook, I've been a shit cook for ages and my brother's amazing and my dad's amazing, but I've never really tried. So um, I went over to see my dad not long ago, like after the first lockdown. And um, and then I just sort of did a load of cooking with him, did some sort of Chinese pancakes and things and like made loads of different stuff. It was amazing. Ooh. Just like sort Lovely. of, just the sort of standard, you know, you're like your duck pancakes, but we did them with chicken and that. And then, oh, gorgeous. And, um, but he makes his own pancakes, because obviously he's with the bacon family, he knows how to make all everything. So he makes all of his stuff fresh. He makes all the pancakes fresh. He makes all the pasta fresh. We made some, we made some pasta as well. It was amazing. Um, what would be your last supper? Before you go on a desert island. Before you go on a desert island, what's your last supper? Starter main pudding and drink of choice. Hmm. I'd maybe take things that I've had. Like, could I just take mains and then starterize them? <laughs> Is that a word? Starterize. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, I would like if it was the last meal. I'd just want to go out on a bang. So I'd just like, I'd have what we had in Japan. We had this mad um, teriyaki like eel stuff, which sounds rank, but it was actually the most amazing. Like eel sounds disgusting because it sounds like I always mm. imagined it to be like rubbery. It's very delicious. I thought it was going to be like rubbery and disgusting, and it was the opposite of that. It was like really meaty and delicious. Melts in your mouth. Yeah, literally. So I'd have like that as me starter, like with a little little bit of the awesome rice and stuff, and then I would go straight over to Texas. Obviously, this is in a this is in my imaginary world where I've got like a super fast sort of Concorde private jet that gets us across things. Yeah, like really quickly. <laughs> All in good time, babe. Twenty twenty one. It's beef ribs. You don't really get like you never really get proper beef rib like massive beef rib cuts over in England. Like I've noticed that with British butchers, but you get that in in America. They they always have like huge like ribs like the size of your limbs. You know what I mean? And that's what I live for. Like every time I go over there, there's this place called the Ironworks in Austin. And I'll just pile in there. It's it's total, like, the most Texan place ever. It's got, like, just loads of pictures of, like, Republican presidents who visited there. <laughs> it's, like, real hoedown. You go in and get yourself, like, a bottle of this crap beer. I think it's called Lone Star. It's, like, it's basically, like, the Fosters of the States. It sucks. And you get that and then, like, a plate full of 
beef ribs and mac and cheese and just loads of dirty shit and it's so good and then for a dessert pff, i don't know what would i have has uh, your dad got any good desserts i'd have the lang- langost would you yeah what's the topic what's the topping you'd be, have? it's like a, it's like an apple pie one so it's like a cinnamon apple stuff <gasps> Oh, oh! It sounds and gorgeous. I'd, and I'll whack a bit of ice cream on it as well, a bit of vanilla ice cream as well on top. A la mode. And then after all of that, I'd be sick. <laughs> and then for me drink, I'd have this whiskey. I'll have a Jameson. But you've got the black barrel. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'll have this. It's going down easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. Like it's really nice. Are you all your housemates trying to tap into it? No, I just give them the standard JMOs, and I've come up here and hid with this one on my own. <laughs> <laughs> So Sam, I want to know, do you think you've got good table manners? No. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, nah, no. I don't think I, I don't think I do. No. Nah. I, I mean I, I did when I used to eat at my grandma's house when I was a kid. Why? What did she make you do? Well, she, you know, I'd sit up straight and all that, you know, like and you know, have the have the utensils in the right hand for a start. And then, you know, like put them put the knife and fork together and that at the end. Be like, "I'm done. No more, please." But then that never worked with me grandma cuz she was just like Plowers with like loads of biscuits and chalk ices and loads of trash after, and she wouldn't stop feeding That's us. That's what grandmas do. She'd go like, "Would you like a biscuit, son?" And I go, "Grandma, I'm absolutely stuffed." Well, do you want a chalk ice? No, I don't want a chalk ice. Do you want? Do you want this? Do you want some of the shortbread your granddad's just made? No, I don't want any of that. <laughs> Are you sure? No, no. I honestly, Gran, I'm like, I can't move. But yeah, that was that was the crack with her. Like, bless her. Is she still alive? She's not. She died this year, bless her. She, she oh, mate, I'm lost, sorry. Lost her at the start of this year. She was a legend. She was the matriarch of the family, Margaret Fender, the biggest, biggest, well, I say the biggest. She was absolutely tiny. She was about four foot. She looked like Willow. She was tiny, man. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like this tiny little thing. And uh, bless her, she had dementia and, and it got to her in the end. But she lived for... You know, she was 93. Oh, wow. Yeah. She lived a life. Yeah. But you're kind of re- relieved that she hasn't had to go through all this shit, aren't you? If she had... Well, this is exactly what we said. She literally... She, she died in February, I think it was, just before it all sort of kicked off. And I was there with her. I got I got back home just in time. And I went and seen her. And I gave her a kiss just before she died. Like, and she was just tiny, bless her. She was just this tiny little thing. And and um, what all of our kids were around her. My dad, one of our eldest sons actually passed away. My uncle Don passed away a couple of years ago, which was so sad because he passed away before my granddad and my, my, my he had pancreatic cancer. It was just, it was shit. So I was kind of, in a way, I was like kind of thankful that she had dementia because she didn't know, you know what I mean? So then when she, uh, when she passed away, everyone was around her and it was like, it was really peaceful. She just fell asleep, you know? So, and that's, that's what I, anyone would want. That's what I want when I go, like mm. just to be surrounded by my family and, fall asleep in the night you know that'd be nice sam i want to know you know you've got you've had to cancel all these amazing gigs it was going to be a kind of incredible year for you to be able to tour um next year can still be your year are you going what i mean you've put out this beautiful song what's next are you are you bringing an album out next year is this what's going to happen yeah i'm I'm gonna um i'm I'm halfway well i say halfway I've recorded like 14 demos and then there's like another 10 songs on top of that, which I need to do. We were supposed to go to Ireland a couple of weeks ago and start recording things live because I wanted to, I want to get a live sound. I want it to be less processed because like half of the first record had quite a bit of processing on and I 
I was quite naive and I I don't really want as much of that on it this time. Mm. I want it to be a bit more organic and a bit more kind of old school and a bit more just sound like an, a band, you know? Yeah. Um. So I'm going, we're supposed to go over to Grouse Lodge in Ireland and record all of that stuff as a live band. But um, obviously I've, with the COVID stuff, I've got COVID. So like, what to push that back. So I'm hoping, I'm waiting to find out if we can travel like next week and then we're going to go out there and finish that off and then... Maybe I'll have an album at some point next year, I think. That's really exciting. Have you been making the... Have you been writing with your band or do you do all the writing on your own? I write everything myself, like, because I think I'm a probably a control freak, like, and <laughs> I just, um, I don't want anyone to... I don't want, I don't want the blame. If it goes tits up, I'd rather the blame be on me. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't co-write or write with anybody else, really. I just write the songs and then i write the parts for the for the music but sometimes there's the odd time where like if we're if it's if an idea is sort of conceived in a sound check or something it's because sometimes they are sometimes you'll just jam something in the sound check then um then the boys sort of put things in and sometimes it'll be like oh that's really cool um dino my my he's like my best mate and he's little guitarist lad who wears a cap he's uh great on the guitar so sometimes i get the some little parts out of dean and stuff but um no I'm, I, I tend to write it all on my own are all your band Geordies? Um, apart from the bass player, the bass player's French. French. He's French, but has a. It's actually an amazing story about my bass player Tom. So he's his grandparents are Geordie, right? They're from Newcastle, and they moved. They were he's there was a like a field surgeon or something, and like a in a, in a nurse in World War Two in France, and they went to France. They fell in love out there, had a baby, which was Tom's mother. And then Tom's mom stayed in France as she was obviously she grew up French, and then met Tom's dad out there, and then had Tom. And Tom grew up in France in the, in Annecy in the south. And oh, it's gorgeous. Hit, yeah, and when he hit nineteen, he was like, right, he kind of wanted to do music. And his grandparents were like, why don't you come to Newcastle? Because there's a course at the college that does music. How so he funny. went. So he came to Newcastle when he was nineteen, and then that was it. And then the rest is history. But he doesn't have a Geordie accent. No, he's got like a French Geordie accent. He says Geordie words, but in a French accent, so he'd be like, Way I, man? He's like, Are we going to go and get down to the pub or what? Uh, uh, Way I? <laughs> so it's amazing. Um, Sam, do you like karaoke? I love karaoke. Oh, good. I do too. Jesse doesn't. I love karaoke if I'm doing it. I hate it if I'm in a pub and someone's doing karaoke. It like kills you. What's your song? Who's your alter ego? Well, I've got, well, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Anastasia. <laughs> Shut up, you're joking. <laughs> I literally like, so me and Dean, my guitarist, do a duet of uh, Left Outside Alone by Anastasia. How does that one go? You know the one, and I wonder if you know how it really feels <laughs> to be left outside so, alone, outside alone <laughs> when it's cold out here. And then she's like, it's a bit just like, why do you play me like a game? Oh, it's someone else to blame. That one, it's so good. That, it's a big song. It's, wow, you're really good. It's a bad, well, that was that. That wasn't me actually singing. I was, yeah. I was, <laughs> we do that like we take a verse each, and then we're both coming on the chorus, and it's a it's a sight like. Sounds like a gay man's dream to be able to watch this. Well, that's what that's <laughs> kind of what I was going for. I, I think I am a gay man's dream. <laughs> Um, Sam Fender, you're finishing off your Jamesons and it's been such a pleasure to have a drink with you, have a chat with you. I wish you no, all the best. You. I don't think, I mean, I know everything's been put on ice, good and for you, but hey. um, I think, yeah, you, you 
you're amazing. So good luck with. Oh, thank you, man. Likewise, the future and I... when we get out of this mess. Yeah, no, likewise. Oh, here's to a great 2021. Likewise, no, it was so. It was so. Um, thank you so much. But it was. It was genuinely like. I, I, it's always been a point in my life that I'll always remember as walking into Shepherd's Bush and seeing you play because <laughs> like I was I was 19 18 actually I was 18 and um it was sort of like my first moment of going like and my manager pointed to the stage and he was like that could be you one day if you work hard <laughs> and I was like <gasps> and I was like okay. and then when I got there I was like standing in all the stalls when I finally sold out Shepherd's Bush being like I fucking made it now like I was like this is it <laughs> This is it, we're off. <laughs> That's amazing. So, oh, so thank look, you so much. Well, look after yourself and good luck with the album in Ireland. Well, thank you so much for having us, guys. Pleasure. Oh, it's so exciting. What a lovely bloke. He's also incredibly attractive. <laughs> He's gorgeous. God, Sam Fender, what a guy. Love him. That Geordie charm. <laughs> I'm telling you, gets me every time. He's so nice. He's got such a great voice. He, well, you know what was charming? He was so unpretentious and lovely and just dead easy. Well, it was lovely to have a drink with him tonight. Yeah. Thank you, Sam Fender, for joining us for the special bonus episode, courtesy of Jameson, today on Table Manners. We loved you. Can't wait to see Sam in a gig in an arena next year. Thanks for joining us for this special Night's Worth Waiting For edition of the podcast brought to you by Jameson. We hope that you soon get to enjoy the nights that you've been waiting to come back to. Whether it's a Sam Fender gig, my gig maybe, that special meal out or bumping into mum in a muddy field in Glastonbury. With my Diamante Wellies, darling. Darling. We know how much you are all waiting to go and be reunited with your friends, go and have those memorable moments, those nights that are worth waiting for. And we want to hear from you. Let us know what you're most looking forward to doing once this is over. Tweet us using the hashtag join in and tag at Table Manners Pod and at Jameson underscore UK. And of course, please drink responsibly. If you want to know more, go visit drinkaware.co.uk. We're back next week for a very special festive episode. You won't want to miss it.